Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 1235 in Edmonton. We will get to some Heartland Ford text at 630-630. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you on Oilers Now. And we lost Louis DeBrus, so you better call him back here, Brendan. Uh, uh, yeah, shoot him a call again here. Uh, we will tell you this. The guests on the show receive gift cards to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Roos Chris, it's the greatest steak you've ever had. Follow the sizzle to Roos Chris Steakhouse, 99.90. Tell Maggie and the staff that orders now sent you. All right, Louis DeBrus joins us right now. Louis, sorry we kept you waiting there before during the break. How are you, big man? What's going on, bud? How are you? Oh, not bad. Uh, we'll get to the series you're working in a second. Uh, you, you just can't shake Jack Michaels, can you? Yeah, he joined us for Game 7. He was at the rink this morning. And all chipper as usual. But, yeah, nice to see him again. So he's excited to call it Game 7, as are we. Yeah, all right. Uh, and, again, we'll circle back to this. Your thoughts on Ken Holland's hiring as uh, President General Manager of the Edmonton Oilers? I think it's a great hire. I do. I know, I, I know that you and I have talked about this um, throughout the end of the year. And when his name kind of started to surface, it has even a chance that you could get Kenny Holland from the Detroit Red Wings, you and I both were like, yes, this is the guy that I would certainly want to try and target. And uh, they got him. So I think that's a fantastic pick for the organization. It's an experienced guy that's been around for a long time and uh, obviously still has the fire to try and come in and make a change in an organization that desperately needs it. So he talked good on him for taking that opportunity and, and good on the Oilers for pursuing and really not taking no for an answer. You know, what's interesting is uh, I, the sense I got from the fans in town yesterday was the ones that were maybe sort of on the fence or maybe disbelievers that this was the route to go. They really, he made a good first impression because of his humility, because of his recognition that the Oilers as an organization, that people have to grind in this business to be successful. Now, you have former teammates that have worked for Ken Holland in the Detroit organization, guys that you played with as Oilers back in the yep. day. What are the sort of reoccurring themes to Holland's personality that you hear the most about? Well, exactly what you just said. You know, he's one of those people that is excellent to work with, um, always has the best interest of the organization at heart. Um, you don't stay in a position that he was in for as long as he did 
if you're not good at what you do. Simple as that. And his track record speaks for itself. I, I just think, you know, for, for the guys that I've, I've talked to over the history of my playing career and now into my broadcasting career, um, nothing but great things to say about Kenny Holland. So I, I just don't I, – I, for me, I, was, I, did, I thought it was a pipe dream that they were able to get him from the organization that he's been with for so long. Yep. But uh, it came to fruition. So step number one is complete, and now the work begins. And I, and I like the fact that he did say that. There's a lot of work to be done here, and it's time to go to work. You know, we'll see what happens from this point forward. Well, he said one of the first uh, steps – was that the Edmonton Oilers need to hire a head coach. And the name that Elliot Friedman put out, uh, Brian Lawton, unsolicited on our show a week ago Wednesday, said keep an eye on Dave Tippett. You know Dave Tippett. You know guys that have worked with Dave Tippett. I'm just trying to think, was there overlap, uh, Louie, with you in Arizona with Dave? Or um, was he there the last year you did radio? I'm just trying to recall. No, he wasn't. No, I, I, took a, I stepped in when... Uh... When Wayne stepped in as the head coach, Dave Tippett um, wasn't there when I was in Arizona. Uh, I never did cross paths with him. But obviously there's another... Sorry, just a second. Um, you can understand why his name is being brought up. Um, another guy that's had a, a terrific track record of veteran coach. When you look at the, the coaches that are out there, he comes with a, a vast knowledge of experience. So I can see why his name is brought up. Um, you know what? And, and I, I think he'd be a great hire. I think you know one thing Dave Tippett has been able to do in any organization that he's been with has been able to get the best out of the players that he's had at his disposal. Yeah. And sometimes he makes players that maybe you look at as a, a fourth line player into second line players. He seems to improve players, which is you know a very um, necessary skill for a coach. By the way, Louis, he's been. Sorry, were you buying tacos there? Is that where you sounded like you were making a pay, or you you're making a payment there or something? No, yeah, no, right. that's come, that's later. That, that's after that's <laughs> after this interview that we've so rudely interrupted you with. Uh, and by the way, thank you for flipping days, but you were flying tomorrow, so it totally yeah. made sense to do it today. All right, so here's a question I have for you: eight of the first year, eight of the first nine years, the Tippett was an NHL head coach. Uh, his teams made the playoffs. Um, he had 41 or more wins in eight of the first nine seasons. And even the year he missed in Dallas, which was 2008-2009, uh, that was your first year doing color in Edmonton, he went 36-35-11. and 11. Um, But the last five years in Arizona, 21 wins in a lockout year. So that was, you know, they missed the playoffs. The next year, 37 wins in 82 games, 24 wins in 82 games. That's the year they took Strom third. The Oilers won the lottery and got McDavid. Then 35 wins and 30 wins. Should we be concerned that he missed the playoffs the last five years and hasn't been an NHL head coach in the last season? Last two um, years. I don't, I don't think so. I think when you look at that, you have to look at what's happened since then, too. Um, you know, with that organization, they've gone through a lot of changes. Yeah. There's no question that I think that had an effect on not only the organization itself, but certainly the players on the ice as well. Um, they're on the rise. I think they're in the right direction right now. I think Rick Tuckett did a great job in there. But even as excellent of a job as he did, the injuries they suffered this year, they never got in. They were closer, but that's still a work in progress. And I think that should reflect more than what Dave Tippett did in there. That's just my opinion, but that's how I see it. Um I know you threw Todd Nelson's name as well. That's another another coach that has history with Edmonton, has history with Ken Holland yep. um, down in Grand Rapids. I've always 
thought very highly of Todd Nelson as a coach, and I agree with your assessment on that. That's certainly a guy they should explore. Uh, and now that he's free and clear with the Game 7 loss last night, um, maybe that'll happen, who knows. But I agree with what you said before as well, that that's the next step. You have to try and solidify a head coach. Um, I, I would think as an organization you want to have the guy that's going to run your team um, involved in as many decisions as possible right from the get-go. So I'm sure they're going to look pretty exclusively here to try and fill that role. And uh, there's some good candidates out there that we've talked about. Does it have to be a guy that's already been, like Todd McClellan was an interim head coach. Trent Yanni, I mentioned him today. He's been, you know, he was a head coach of Chicago for a year and has been a longtime NHL assistant. Glenn Galtson, I mentioned him today. Uh, he's had yep. two NHL head coaching uh, uh, tours of duty. Jay Woodcroft has been successful in Bakersfield. So there's three guys there I mentioned internally from Edmonton. I threw out Lane Lambert, who's never been an NHL head coach, but worked with Barry Trotz forever. Does it have to be a guy that's been an NHL head coach to come in and work with Ken Holland here? No, I don't think so. I really don't, and you know, I, I, I know that people maybe will look at that and say they want an experienced person to come in, somebody that has a track record regard. But uh, in my opinion, no, I think you have to bring the right guy in, and I don't care where you find that right guy. Um, that has to be the most important criteria. Uh, so through the interview process, something that is said, something the way they they do their job, the way they prepare what their philosophies are, how they think forward, how they develop players, whatever that criteria is that you're looking for. As long as that individual fills that, then that's the guy you hire. And I don't care if he has a 1,000 games under his belt or if he's an up-and-coming coach. We're seeing it now more than ever. Young coaches come in and, and have some success and do a really solid job, especially with the younger NHL that it is now. So... I don't think that is nearly as much of a factor now in deciding a head coach than it was in the past. When Bruce Cassidy went into Boston to work with the Bruins, I realized Jake was in his rookie season that year. I mean, this is a guy that had one NHL head coaching experience and it did not go overly well, went back to the American League, plied his trade some more. He seems to be able to communicate, and that team has tremendous leadership at the top. And make no mistake, those leaders... the key. Those you know, leaders... Not to cut you off, but yeah, I, I yeah. think that where he's been an excellent is yeah. He's given a lot of that responsibility to his, to his veteran players, but at the same time he's been able to push his younger players because he has that fear of the older players. And I, I think that's really important, uh, especially in that situation. Every situation is different, no question. Um, the coach that's hired at Edmonton is going to have the same type of, I don't want to call it a dilemma, but a challenge is to make sure that you're talking to the, the veteran core um, Connor McDavid obviously will be very important to have that relationship with him because he is the face of your franchise and then also to try and bring up the other players and challenge them enough to to become better players and I think that's that's going to be a real key to whoever they hire Alright, uh, so Boston got it done uh, toughest guy in that series for me was Kyle Bukakis <laughs> Yeah, that didn't go over too well right? you know what? Oh. I don't know you know what, listen, I I didn't like it, you know what, if you didn't want to answer questions and why take the interview at all, right. that's the way I look at it. But yeah. I also know Brad a little bit personally. I mean, there's no question. The more you're talking negatively about that guy, the better he seems to play. So if that's what it takes for him to get himself ignited, <laughs> by all means, go for it. Well, you know, for, From my perspective as a, as, a, as a parent that has a son on the team, I want him playing his best. So I don't like it from our perspective and our end, but... Uh, 
you know, if that's what it takes, then go ahead. He was quiet throughout the start of the series with Columbus. I thought he got better as it went on in, in the sense of, of being that type of a player again. When he's emotionally involved in the game, and that's the good and the bad you have to take with him, that's when I think he plays his best. So yeah. whatever it takes for him to try and get into that mindset, I'm okay with it. I'm glad I wasn't doing the interview because I might not have handled it as well as Kyle did. What would you have done? I know what I would have done. <laughs> I would have probably just said, really? You don't want to do the interview, then don't do it. But but, yeah. I, but he was very professional. He's very good at what he does. I, I would have just said this is all... why I'm not interviewing guys right before games. Yeah, well, I mean that's a special, right? I mean Gene does that, and God love him. But uh, anyhow, uh, you can text us at six thirty six thirty. You've you've worked a pretty unique series here, and uh, Colorado's hung around and hung around, haven't they? It's amazing. They really have, and it's been back and forth, um, just like the wins and losses. It's been a series where one team's won, the other team's responded in games. It's very similar in that sense where a team will score and the other team seems to have a response somewhere in them to come back and make it a game. Um, and it's, you know, game six was no different. Every time the Avalanche scored, they came out, they were the better team, Murray, the San Jose Sharks, and their experience found a way to tie that game and push it to overtime. And then the big line that was. You know, minus three in regulation scores the game-winning goal. That's the, the dimension that the Avalanche have. They got some depth scoring from their team to get them to overtime against a team that continued to find ways to, to tie the game. But then when it was necessary, the big line came through with the overtime goal, Gabriel Landeskog. San Jose has shown with their experience they had a game seven in round one. They found a way to win three straight elimination games in that series. And this is going to be their fourth time facing elimination. So... They play their best hockey when their back is up against the wall. I expect them to come out and be the team that we've seen before and really have a push. This should be a great Game 7. I think the pressure is on San Jose because they're expected to win. I think the Avalanche have that free will kind of spirit yep. right now, and they even talked about it in the room. We're just happy to be playing a Game 7. They're excited. A lot of young kids in there that have never played a Game 7 and uh, they're looking forward to it. So it should be a great matchup. You know what's going to happen, Louie, is the Sharks are going to have a lead, and then Colorado's going to get a uh, double high-sticking uh, power play for, and uh, score a couple power play goals and win 3-2 or something like that. Final one for you. Did you get did you get recognized and honored back in Ontario on the weekend? Yeah, I did in the Cambridge Sports Hall of Fame. Uh, I got inducted into that, that hall, and it was an honor for me. So, yeah, it was... Uh, I couldn't make it. Obviously, I was working. My dad stepped in for the induction speech, which I heard he was pretty nervous about. And I said, welcome to my world with a microphone in your face. But uh, he did a great job from what I understand. And uh, I, was, I was proud that he was now, how big is Now, how big is Cambridge, Ontario, Louis? Uh, well, it's a bunch of different communities that make it up. For me growing up, I, I was, it was Preston for me. I was born in Galt, but my grandfather lived in Preston. And uh, I used to spend parts of the summer in Preston and... Um, go fishing with my grandfather, spend with, time with my grandfather and, and grandmother. So um, for me, when I think of Cambridge, it encompasses the whole thing. Um, so it's a lot bigger. But, you know, for me, I, when I think of it, to be honest, I always do think of Preston because that's where I always went to see uh, Grandma and Grandpa. Well, I'm told that uh, the community size is less than 5,000, and there's only uh, five people in the Cambridge Sports Hall of Fame, and those are the five people that uh, play Bantam AA or higher. So congratulations, Louie. You're in. <laughs> Thanks, bud. Hey, Appreciate it. Yeah, keep an eye on Jack, okay? We know what he's like in San Jose. 
All right, man. See you later. That is uh, Louis DeBras from NHL Hockey and Rogers. It's 12.50 in Edmonton. Bob Stauffer with you. I'd like to thank Louis uh, for uh, doing a double flip with us. Craig Simpson will join us on tomorrow's edition of Oilers Now with Brian Burke, courtesy of our friends at Canadian Power Pack. When we come back, I will get to a host. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Of text messages at 630-630 on our Heartland 4 text line. This is Oilers Now. This is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. Let's get to it. It's 12.54. You can text us at 630-630. I always love the guys that text the show. I know you won't, like, like, it's like a dare. I know you won't say this on the air. Those guys make me chuckle. Okay? It's like a little game. And I've probably been too kind to those individuals in the past. You know what we're going to do? I was talking about this yesterday with somebody in the business. We're going to auction off our text line, which has numbers for the last, uh, every text that you've sent for the last five years we have access to on this show. So when you say really crappy, awful demeaning things about people um, we can access your number just keep that in mind wow is it ever a beautiful day says one texter you're right you do uh, again you can text us at 6.30 this text comes in regarding Team Dean talking about the incident involving Kyle Bukakis and Brad Marchand. Are you kidding? Bukakis brought himself uh, brought him, himself this with his Toronto-centric hate the Bruins dumb blank uh, remark in Game 2. He's lucky he got anything out of Marchand. And make no mistake, I'm in no way a Marchand fan. That one comes to us from Team Dean. Brendan, what did you think? I have a real problem with players that do that to reporters. It drives me insane. $5.2 billion. $5.2 billion. That's what Sportsnet paid. It doesn't mean that guys at Sportsnet get to be clowns and demean players. $5.2 billion. I'm going to throw a curveball at everybody here. I want you to think about something, okay? Pete Chiarelli in Boston traded Tyler Sagan. Pete Shirelli in Edmonton traded Taylor Hall. And maybe there was extenuating influences in both trades, but he made a character judgment on both players. And speaking of character, Brad Marchand, 
He did not trade bad, Brad Marchand. Now, would you say Sagan and Hall are better than Marchand, or they're all about equal? They're all great players. Okay? At the time that he made the trade with Sagan, Marchand had only been a marginally more accomplished player. And if anything, Sagan was probably better than his subsequent years. And the last four years have been pretty good. Marchand's a heck of a player. He's the type of guy you'd love to have on on your team. But of those three players now, which, by the way, Marchand's five years older than those other players, four or five years older, um, which player is the guy that is the least mature of those, who, whose antics on the ice are a sign of a guy who's the least mature of those three players? It's not even close, right? So if you're going to do a character judgment, like, and everybody talks about Boston and, you know, the, the great culture. That their culture is driven by two players. David Backus said, I'm not the biggest David Backus fan. He said, you come to Boston and there's Chara and there's Bergeron and everybody else falls in line. And there's other individuals in the hockey world that have drafted off that said character. And they've gotten paid for it. But there's no question when you watch Boston play, the character that Chara and Bergeron bring on a daily basis. So I was a clown act from Brad Marchand the other day. It was. And he's a great player, but he needs to be better than that. Sorry. That's all there is to it. 12.58. Uh, we'll find out what Al May has to say at 105 today. Off to a global news weather traffic update. Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.